Ashley Brock reading Diane Palmersburg, JB, Chapter 10. No couldn't talk Telly into staying at the house, not even when she assured her that JB wouldn't be back until Monday. Telly had remembered that Marge had a heart attack, and she was frantic until Nell assured her that Marge was going to be all right. If was even lucky that they found the high blood pressure before it killed her. Now that Telly remembered everything, there were no more barriers to her going to Marge. She remembered her job at the feedlot as well and hoped she still had it. But she phoned Justin at home, and he assured her that her job would be waiting when she was recovered. That was a load off her mind. She didn't dare think about JB. It was too terrible, remembering the hurtful things he said to her. She knew she'd never forgive him for the way he reacted when she tried to tell him about Marge. Much less for his adore when he knew there was no future in it. He taunted her with her feelings one time too many. She wondered what sort of cruel game he'd been playing in her bedroom at his house. Marge and the girls met her at the door, hugging her warmly. Nell had driven her there, and she was carrying two suitcases. What are you sure about this? Nell asked wearily. Marge nodded, smiling warmly. You know, you're welcome here. None of us will yell at you, and we'll be all, and we'll all be grateful that you won't have to depend on Dawn's cooking for. Mother! Dawn exclaimed. Sorry. Marge sat hugging her daughter. I love you, baby, but you know you're terrible in the kitchen, even if you can sing like an angel. Nobody's perfect. JB, thank he is. Nell muttered. Marge Not anymore. I'll bet. I hope you left him a note at least. Oh, I did, Nell confessed. Brief but to the point. I hope the blonde fashion doll is can cook and clean. That isn't likely, Tilly's like, but they can always get taken out. Are you sure you're okay, Marge? Asked Tilly, moving to hug her, too. Your collar's bad. So is yours, Worry Warp, Tilly said with a warm affection, returning like, but I reckon the two of us will manage that out with a little help. Between us, Marge sighed, we barely make one well person. I'll fatten you both up with healthy, non salty fare. <laughs> no promise. Don and Brandy, can you see to me to my room and help me unpack, right? The girls went, you bet. They chorused and delighted to see the end of a meal preparation and housework. Now it was the best in town at housekeeping. They marched up the staircase together, the girls helping with the luggage. Marge studied Tilly closely, her sharp eyes missing. You wouldn't be here unless something major had happened. What was it? My memory came back, Tilly said, perching on the arm of the sofa. Did it have any help? The older woman asked shrewdly. Tilly grimaced, her eyes lowered to the sea blue carpet. Bella kindly filled me in on a few things. Marge cursed on her breath. Fortunately, as J.B. ever had. That woman is a minister. Cooper Coltridge said it would be dangerous for us to force-feed you facts about the past until you remembered them naturally. I'm sure she only wanted J.B. to herself again and thought she was helping me, helping him get me out of the way. I don't mind, Tilly had one. J.B. raised hell when Grange came and brought me roses. At least you're not likely to mind that. Marge moaned. No, I'm not. I like your friend Grange. Tilly's eyes were sad and wise. He's been a wonderful friend. Who'd have thought he turned out to be pleasant company with his background? Not anyone locally, that's for sure. Marge sat down on the sofa, too. She was so Nothing wrong, she assured Telly, who was watching her close. That medicine still makes me a little dizzy, but it's perfectly natural. Otherwise, I'm seeing an improvement all around. I think it's going to work. Goodness, I hope so. Telly said, Jenna, she's mom. We can't lose you. You aren't going to. Nice of you to bring Nell with you, she added wearily. Housework and cooking was really getting to us without Hugh here. Did she come willingly? She met me at the front door with her suitcase. It seems like she was furious at what Bella done. She thinks maybe J.B. put her up to it. Marge girl, that is unlikely. Whatever his fault, J.B. has a big heart. He was really concerned about you. He felt guilty, teletransfer, because he felt responsible for the wreck. He yelled at me and said some terrible things. She added without elaborating. Sad eyes were evidence enough of the pain he'd cost Tilly. I couldn't stay under his roof when I remembered them. Marge picked out a finger. That bad? Tilly nodded, running her eyes. 
then I suppose it's just as well for you to stay here. I don't want to see him, she told Marge. Not ever again. He's had one too many free shots at me. I'll finish out the work of Bounders when I get back on my feet. Then I'm going to ask my alma mater for an adjustment position teaching history for night students. I can teach at night and go to classes during the day. This semester starts very soon. It isn't wise to run away from a problem, the other woman crude. In this case, it's better part of valor, she replied. J.B. didn't just say unpleasant things to me, Marge. He actually taught on me with the way I felt about him. I sit him below the belt, even for J.B. He did what? Marge explained. Yes, he did. He did that? Marge explained. Yes, and that's why I'm leaving. She got up. She smiled Marge. Not to worry. You have Nell to take over here for me and pamper all three of you. I won't have to be nervous about leaving you. Nell will make sure you do what the doctor says, and she'll cook healthy meals for you. J.B. is going to be furious when he gets home and finds you both gone, Marge, Marge predicted. She was glad she wasn't going to have to be the one to tell him. It was dark and rainy when J.B. climbed out of the limbo. Limbo, he hired to take him to and from the airport. He signed a charge slip, tipped the driver with two big bills, and carried his flight bag and attached case up the driveway to the house. It was oddly quiet when he used his key to open the front door. Usually there was a television going to Nell's room, which could be heard faintly coming down the staircase. There was no lights on upstairs and no smells of cooking. He frowned. Odd. That, he put down his suitcase and attached take case and opened the living room door. Bella was stretched out on the sofa wearing a pink gown and negligee and had come with her smile. Welcome home, darling, she put. I knew you wouldn't mind if I moved into my old room. He was worn out and half out of humor. Bella's moved in to help. What in the world must Tilly be thinking of this new to Bella, but despite her lack of memory. What did you tell Tilly? What did you tell Tilly? He asked. Her I only reminded her of how she found us together the night your sister had to go to the hospital. She remembered everything else just fine after that, and she went to your sister's. She smiled stagnantly. We got the whole night to ourselves. I'm cooking TV dinners. They'll be ready in about ten minutes. Then we can have champagne and go to bed. You told her that? He burst out horrified. She allowed moving to sit Now, J.B., you know she was getting on your nerves. You never go to those stupid seminars. You just wanted to get away from her. That isn't true. He shoved like, and it wasn't. He'd gone to give Tilly and himself breathing space. Her ardent response and left his head spinning. For the first time in the relationship, Tilly responded to him as a woman would, with passion and hunger. He didn't sleep in entire night since, reliving the delicious interlude time after time. He'd had to leave to make sure he didn't press Tilly too hard when she was fragile, make sure he didn't force memories she wasn't ready for. He hoped to have time to show her how tender he could be before she remembered how cruel he'd been. Now the chance was gone forever, and the source of his failure was sprawled on his sofa in a negligee plan and replaced Tilly. He felt a surge of pure revulsion as he looked at Bella. No, he called loudly. Oh, she went with the girl to your sister's, Bella said yawning. She left a note on your desk. He went to his study to retrieve it. Felt cold and inside. The note was scribbled on a memo pad. It just said that Nell was going to work for Marge, and that she hoped Bella was domesticated. Threw it on the desk, overwhelmed with frustration. Bella came up behind him, slid her arms around him. I'll check on the TV dinner, she whispered. Then we can have some fun. He jerked away from her. His green eyes went, get dressed and go home. He said shortly, took out his wallet and stuffed some bills in her hand. Where are you going? She explained when he walked toward the front. To get Nell and Tilly back, he said shortly and kept walking. Bella actually screamed, but it didn't do any good. He didn't even turn his head. Marge met him at the door. She didn't invite him in. I'm sorry, she said, stepping on the porch with him. But Tilly's been through enough today. She doesn't want to see you. Showed his hands to his pockets there. I leave town for two days and the world caves in on me. <laughs> you can thank yourself for that. His sister replied, his dark, uh, dark eyes in her. Was it necessary to use Tilly's weakness for you against her like a weapon? 
You better look, she told you. Yes, so bare bones, that's more. It was low, JB, even for you. Just lately, you're somebody I don't know. His broad shoulders lifted. Grange brought her back. Grange brought back some painful memories. Till he wasn't responsible for them, she reminded him bluntly. You won't give up, Grange. It's disloyal. They're friends, not that you recognize the reference. You don't have friends, JB. You have hot dates. She went. Albert phoned and said your current heartthrob was preparing dinner for you. Frozen dinners, I believe. I didn't ask Bill to move in while I was away. He's like, and I sure as hell didn't authorize her to fill Tilly in on the past. I'm sure she thought she was doing you a favor and removing the opposition at the same time. Marge said, folding her arms across her. I love you, JB, but I'm your sister, and I can afford to. You're a harder woman, especially on Tilly. Especially on Tilly. Lately, it's like you're punishing her for having feelings for you. Side cheek peek, cheekbones went rooting. He looked away from her. I didn't want anything permanent at first. Then you should never have encouraged Tilly anyway. In any way, he sighed roughly. He couldn't explain. Flattered him, softened him that Tilly thought the world revolved around him. She made him feel special just by caring for him, but she hadn't been able to give him passion, and he was afraid to take a chance on her without it. For years, he'd given up passionate love. He was afraid of it. When Tilly left for college, he didn't want her to be hurt, but he didn't want to be hurt himself. He loved too deeply, too intensely. Couldn't live with losing another woman the way he lost his late fiance. But now Tilly was a woman. He felt differently. How was he going to explain that to Tilly if he couldn't get near her? Tilly's changed in the past few weeks. So have I. It's hard to put into words. Marge knew that he had a difficult time talking about feelings. She and JB weren't twins, but they always been close. She moved toward him and put a gentle hand on him. Tilly's going back to Houston in a week. She just kept quiet. Do her a favor. Leave her alone while she finishes out her notice at the feedlot. Let her get used to being herself. Then maybe you can talk to her and she'll listen. She's just her, JB. She hasn't gone back to school. She wasn't going back to school until fall semester. He said she's been through a lot. She shouldn't start putting pressure on herself this soon. She doesn't see it that way. She's going to teach adult education out of college at night. Attend classes during the day, during summer session. She lowered her eyes to I want her to be happy. She's never going to be able to cope with the future until you're out of her life. I know you're fond of her, J.B., but it would be kinder to let her go. He knew that, but he couldn't let her go now that he knew what he wanted. He couldn't. His face reflected his inner struggle. Her hand closed on his forehead. Form. Listen to me. She said from You of all people should know how painful it is to love someone you can't have. Everybody knows you don't want marriage or children. You just want a good time. Bella's your sort of woman. You couldn't hurt her if you hit her in the head with a prick. Fact, she's so thick. Just enjoy what you got, JB, and let Tilly heal. Met her eyes. His were terminal were frustrated him. I wanted to try to make it up to her. He pit on make what up to her. You look so much, she said. I've never given her anything except pain, but I wanted to make her happy. You can't do that, his sister said quietly. Not unless you want her for keeps. His eyes in her own pain. He did want her for keeps, but he was afraid. Don't try to make her into a casual lover, March Couch. You'll destroy her. Don't you think I know? He asked. Maybe you're right, March. He said finally deflect defeat. It would be kinder to let her go for the time being. It's just that you cared for me. And I gave her nothing but mockery and indifference. You can't help that. You can't love people just because they want you to, March said wisely. Tilly's gonna make some lucky man a wonderful wife, she added. She'll be the best mother a child could want. Don't rob her of the potential by giving her false hope. Tilly was a child. The anguish she felt was shocking. 
Tilly, married to another man, having children with another man, growing old with another man. He never considered the possibility that Tilly could turn her affections to someone else. He assumed that she'd always worship him, and given her the best reason on earth to hate him by mocking her love for him. I've been taking a long look at myself. I didn't like what I saw. I've been so busy pretending. Protecting myself from pain that I've inflicted it on Tilly continuously. I didn't mean to. It was self-defense. It was cruel, Marty added. Throwing Bella up to her, praying the woman here in Tilly's home, taunting her for wanting to take care of you. She shook her head. I'm amazed that she was strong enough to take it all these years. I couldn't have. What about Grange? He asked me. What about him? She replied. She's very fond of him and vice versa, but he isn't really in the running right now. He's a man with a past. A rebel who isn't comfortable in domestic surroundings. He's like he likes having someone to talk, take to movies, but he's a year's away from being comfortable with even the idea of marriage. That made JB feel somewhat better. Not a lot. He was thinking how miserable Chili must be, having been force fed the most horrible memories of her recent life. Coltrane said that her mind had been hiding from the trauma of the past. He didn't know that JB was responsible for it. Kept seeing Tilly on the gurney as she came to the emergency, bruised and bleeding and unconscious. If Grange hadn't showed up, Tilly would have drowned. He'd have had two dead women on his conscience. One one had always been too many. Thought of Tilly dead was nauseating. She looked up to him since her early teens, followed him around, ached to just have him look at her. Degrenerated those tender feelings and made her look like a lovesick fool. That, too, had been frustration because he wanted a woman's passion from Tilly and she hadn't been able to give it to him. Not until now, he was sorry he'd been cruel to her in his anguish, but he couldn't go back and do it over again. He had to find some ba way back to Tilly, some way to make up for what he'd done to her. Some way to convince her that he won the future with her. Don't tell her. Tell her that I'm sorry. He said there's she won't believe it, I know. But tell her anyway. Sorry for what? You met her for everything. She'll be all right, Marshall. Really, she will. She's stronger than I ever imagined. She had so little love in her life. Her mother didn't really care much for her. She lost her grandfather at the time she needed him most. She shoved her off onto you and took it for granted that she spent her life looking up to me like some sort of hero. He drew her along. She was assaulted, you know, when she was 14. I pushed that to the back of my mind and neither of us insisted that she go on with therapy after a few short sessions. Maybe those memories had her on the rack and she couldn't even talk about them. Marshall, think so. Tilly beat the stuffing out of the little creep and testified against him as well. Never even got to touch her inappropriately. Now she's over that. No, she's over that, honestly. Even if she is, I made her suffer for having the gall to develop a crush on me. He sounded disgusted with himself. Marge could have told him that it was no crush that lasted for years and years. Took all sorts of punishment for the privilege of idolizing him. But he probably knew already. He looked up at dark. I know how it must look. That I've had Bella staying at the house and taking her on trips with me. But I've never slept with her. <laughs> he had it with brutal honesty. Marge's eyebrows are so was an odd omission from around like brother. Can't be from lack of encouragement. No, he agreed. It couldn't. She felt inadequate to desk at hand. She wondered if she was doing the right thing by asking him not to approach Tilly. But she didn't really know what else there was to do. She felt sorry for both of them, especially for her brother. Apparently discovered feelings for Tilly too late. I didn't want a wife right now, he said, but without the alchemist. She knows that anyway. Sure she does, his sister agreed. Turn and looked down or was softly. You doing okay? 
She knows my Nell's gonna be a treasure. I can't do a lot of stuff I used to. And the girls ain't cooking and housework. With Telly gone, it's up to us to manage Nell. To manage Nell will make my life so much easier. I can probably even go back to work when the medicine takes over. Do you want to? He asked Kirsten. Yes, he said. I'm not the sort of person who enjoys staying at home with nothing intellectually challenging to do. I'd at least like to work on committees or help with the community projects. Money isn't enough. Happiness takes more than a padded bank account. I'm finding that out. JP agreed, smiling. You take care of yourself. If you need me, I'm just the other end of the phone. I know that. I love you. She said, hugging him warmly. Closer. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Expression emotion was hard for him. She knew it. She pulled away. Go home and eat your frozen dinner. I sent Bella home in a cab. It's probably carbon by now. <laughs> Albert, who'll fix you something? When he finds out why Tilly's gone, I wouldn't bet on having anything at a point in the near future. There are good restaurants all over. Jacob's she pointed out. You'll have good nature. I suppose I'll find one. Take care. You too. Good night. She closed the door and went back inside. Tilly's light was off when she went upstairs. The young woman was probably worn completely out from the day's turmoil. She wished Tilly had never spent any time with JB at all. Maybe she'd seen she'd have been spared so much heartache. Tilly was hard at work on her last day at the feedlot. It was sweltering hot Friday, and storm clouds were gathering on the horizon. The wind was moving at a clip fast enough enough to stand the state flag out from its flagpole when she went to lunch and blew right into her face as she climbed into Marjorie's car to drive home and eat. The wind must push the little car all over the road. It wasn't raining yet, but it looked as if it might rain Buckets full. She turned on the radio. There was a weather bulletin noting that a tornado watch was in effect for Jacobsville and surrounded county, counties till late that afternoon. Tell her was afraid of tornadoes. She hoped she never had to content with one as long as she lived. She had a quick lunch, surrounded by Marginelle and the girls, since it was a teacher work day and they weren't in school. But when she was ready to leave, the skies were suddenly jet black and the wind was roaring like a lion. Don't you dare get in that car, Horstead. Look at the color of those clouds. Now, I had looking past them out the door. The clouds were neon green, and there was a strange shape growing in them, emphasized by the increasing volume and force of the wind. While they stood on the porch with the doors open, the sound of sign broken, and the door rumbling. Is that an ambulance? Don't ask scarcely. No, no, someone. It's the tornado alert. It's the siren on top of the courthouse. She read for the weather radio and found it ringing. Its batteries off. There was steady red light on the console. Every, even before it blared out the words "tornado warning," Nell would, knew what was coming. We have to get into the basement right now. Nell said, rushing the whole staircase. Come on! They piled after her down the carpeted stairs and into the basement, into the room that had been especially built in case of tornadoes. It was still reinforced with battery-powered lights and radio, water, provisions, and spare batteries. The wind was audible even down there now. They closed themselves into the sheltered room, sat down on the carpeted floor to wait it out. Nell turned on the battery-powered scanner, and instead of the weather, she turned to the fire and police frequencies. Sharp orders and deep voices heard of the first of the damage. One fire and rescue unit was already on its way out to Caldwin Road from a report of a trailer being demolished. There came other reports, one after another. A roof was off this building. A barn had collapsed. There were trees down in the road, trees down on power lines, trees falling on cars. It was the worst damage Tilly had heard about in her li young life. She thought about GB alone in his house with memories of his grandmother dying in such a storm. She wished she could stop caring about what happened to him. She couldn't. He was too much part of her life, regardless of the treatment he handed out to Tilly. I hope JB's all right, Tilly murmured as the overhead light flickered and went out on the hills of a violent burst of thunder. So do I, Marshall. But he's got a shelter of his own. I'm sure he's in it.
The violence outside ex escalated. Tilly hid her head and her crossed arms and prayed that nobody would be killed. Several minutes later, Nell eased the door open and listened for a minute before she went up the staircase. She was back shortly. It's over, she called the other. There's a little thunder, but it's far away. I need you to see some blue sky. There are two big oak trees down in the front yard, though. Hope nobody got hurt. Marsh mumbled as they went up the stairs. Call the house! Nellie pleaded with them. Make sure JP's alright! Nellie grimaced, but she didn't. Argued they might, but she was fond of her old boss. The other shared, stared at Nellie while she listened. She went to put down the receiver with a sapphire. The lines are down! She was, she said wearily. We could drive over there and see, Don suggested. Tilly called painfully. Last time she drove over to JP's place to tell him about a disaster. She couldn't bear to do it again. We can't get out of the driveway, Marsh said. One of the oaks is blocking the whole driveway. Give me your cell phone, Nell told Marsh. I'll call my cousin at the police department and get him to have someone check. Joy of a small town life, Tilly was thinking. Surely the police could find out for them if JB was safe. Tilly prayed silently while Nell waited for her cousin, cousin to come on to the phone. She listened, spoke into the phone, and then listened again. Grimacing, she thanked her cousin and put down the phone, facing the others with obvious reluctance. The tornado hit JB's house, took up the corner where his office was. He'd been taken to the hospital. My cousin doesn't know how bad he's hurt. There were some potato fatalities. She had winced when she saw her faces go white. Arguments and disagreements aside, J.B. was precious to everyone in the room. Tell spoke up from, I'm going to the hospital, said, if I have to walk the whole five miles. End of chapter 10.